Hello, everyone. A very quick one from me. It would be a massive help to us with our ambition to help as many recruiters as possible achieve their goals and also inspire the next generation to choose recruitment as a career if you hit that follow and subscribe button. If you're someone that prefers to learn in a visual way, we've also recently invested a lot in our video podcast experience. So in the show notes, you'll always be able to find the link to watch the video on our YouTube channel and make sure that you hit subscribe so you don't miss a future episode. Thank you so much for supporting the show and enjoy this week's episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Recruitment Mentors Podcast. I'm your host, Hisham Azuz. And in this week's episode, I was joined by Harry Wright and Henry Stevens, who both founded a recruitment business called Talk Consulting. I'll be honest, this was definitely one of the funnest conversations that I've had on a podcast, just because Harry and Henry were nothing short of authentic and honest. They've been building their business for three and a half years, and they've really been on a journey of highs and lows, um, starting the business just before COVID. So going through that whole chapter and more recently, uh, really committing to building a great foundation at the business where they've added some fantastic people and are really excited to scale the company. So we talk about everything from the early days, some of the biggest setbacks that they had, how they overcome them, what they learned from them, um, and overall just really great advice for anyone listening to this that one day has aspirations to start their own recruitment business. But we also talk about a ton of things uh, that's going to apply to anyone that is actively recruiting today and and how to be successful. Enjoy the episode. Harry Henry, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thanks for having us. As I was saying, we're uh, in the new spot. We're in the podcast studio. feel real professional. It's very cool. It's very good. I'm impressed. Thanks for for making the trip down. So I guess I'm going to, I always like to start with a million pound question, which I know you guys have definitely been on a journey to really think about when hiring for your own recruitment business. But just for everyone listening, just to give everyone a bit of context. So both Harry and Henry actually started recruitment on the same day. Yeah. Uh, worked in recruitment for two years before starting your own recruitment business, Talk Consulting, which you started three and a half or so years ago. So your first year in business was 2019. Where you are today is you're around nine people. And we're going to talk a lot today about that business journey and the entrepreneurial journey that you boys have been on. Cool. Yeah? <laughs> Go for it. But Henry, let me come to you first yeah. with this question. So in your opinion, what characteristics and traits do you really think make up a highly successful recruitment consultant in in today's market is is the key part? Yeah, so for me, this is something we've thought about highly when we've been recruiting recently, because going back to the old school way of thinking about it, you would always look for like someone in sport or someone who's, you know, highly competitive. Me and Harry have changed our opinion on this now. and, And for us, we just look for two things how adaptable that person is in certain scenarios and then secondly in terms of their willingness to learn they're the two things i think that fundamentally make a solid recruiter if you can be adaptable in situations where adverse things happen to you and you've got a proven track record of that happening then you can roll that over into recruitment quite easily that's transferable and then the learning part that ability to be able to implement training 
is the most important thing in recruitment because we can teach you or you can teach or anyone can teach anyone to do something. It's whether they can actually implement that into their work. Mm. Uh, if you can't do that, then you can't do recruitment. Adaptability and willingness to learn. Yeah. Harry, you want to add anything to that? Yeah, I don't want to go for the textbook, like resilience or anything like that, but you really start to see the personality traits on people when it starts going wrong. <laughs> so I know... And, and we try and get an example of that in, in the interviews, don't we? Like, tell them something you're bad at. And if they give you a really, like, thought out answer, you thought, that's not true. <laughs> it's when people are honest and, and they kind of go into what they're really bad at, you think you're pretty self-aware. So you're going to be able to, like, think, like, if we set them a task, not done that very well, how can I tweak that and get better? Mm. And for me, that's, that's a big thing. Because, like, academic accolades, degrees and stuff like that, it's great, but if you freeze as soon as you pick up the phone, it's <laughs> great, nice one. But yeah, do you look for? Just curious. I've been speaking to a lot of people about this recently. So, you in your example there? Yeah. Do you look out for people, and it's a red flag if they go, "This was a really difficult time for me, and it was because of this, or it was their fault, or it was that," rather than this is what I could have done? Or yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. When when we ask that question, or when someone kind of says I've left here because of this if you get a really honest answer this is what I probably could have done mm. better this is what I did you think I like you yeah it, when it's everyone else's fault that's, that's yeah. the red flag big red flag in that. yeah because yeah. Yeah. I think there's this accountability responsibility piece yeah I don't know I think there's a real percentage of people younger people that may not necessarily have that in, in a boatload do you know what I mean and I, I think that's something in the like even now in the market when say you're a recruit recruitment consultant you've been in the um, industry for one two years and you're trying to move some of the posts you see now from like recruiters wanting new positions mm. yeah you've just got to take accountability for your situation and if and if you if you're doing really really well in a company they're gonna try and retain you so don't like mm. don't try and make out the company's forcing you out if you're billing like quarter million quid a year because it's just not going to happen mm. so Henry, let me come to you to start this off. Like, what gave you guys confidence to start this business with two years' experience? Like, I think some people may go, yeah, probably isn't enough. Some people start with less. But what what gave you boys uh, confidence? Just because a lot of people say they're going to start their own recruitment business, but don't. Yeah. What, what gave you guys confidence to take that leap? In complete honesty, we were so naive. Yeah. There, there's no there's no other way of saying it. So we were... So naive. We thought, cool. If being completely honest, we were going to do it. We we first thought about doing recruitment on an Excel spreadsheet. No, we? Yeah, we don't need a CRM. <laughs> it, this is uh, this is this serious. But for for me and Harry, it was the fact that we knew that we had strengths that complemented each other. So when it comes down to recruitment, the business development client side, I can cover. That's my strength. And Harry's side is was before we built the business was candidate side. So. We knew that we could tailor that together and, and make a success of, of, of something. We also noticed a gap in the market, didn't we? So we obviously, oh, you don't know, but we worked solely contract and you did uh, Northwest, I did Southeast. And there was a big gap of like the 40 to 90k perm jobs that all my clients were hiring for. But we wouldn't touch them, weren't allowed to touch them because we did contract. Mm. And they were crying out. They were like, but there's no recruitment companies that will work these jobs. Me and Harry were sat there thinking, okay, we know that contracts in terms of reoccurring revenue is a more valuable business, but as a foundation to get going, let's just hammer this market. And it was 
it was buoyant, wasn't it? Mm. Like the first year was was unbelievably busy because we couldn't believe that so many companies don't tap into this market. Mm. We've got a few more competitors now and a few new companies have yeah. popped up because I think unless you're at the exact search level, then you're not touching jobs circa less than 100K. And then all the other jobs below that, the only real way of making money before now in engineering was, was contract. Mm. So there was this market that was just left wide open and... We were confident that with me on BD and Harry on delivery, we could we could nail it off. And mm. thankfully, three and a half years later, we're we're still here. Oh, so yeah, we've limped there. <laughs> so, so to paint the picture, then, so twenty. So when did you start the business? What what month in twenty nineteen? Uh, we started in May twenty nineteen. We came like obviously we came up with the idea of the business before that, um, but we'd left our previous business and covenants and stuff yeah, so, yeah of course so may 2019 and it was just you two for the first year right yeah me, yeah me yeah. and harry we hired our we hired our first employee at the back end of 2019 didn't just, we just, just before christmas yeah. and yeah that was a again it was just a continual it's just been a continual learning curve yeah neither of us have ever like ran businesses before mm. i've we've done bits but not to this level. And I think every single thing we've done has been a massive learning curve. Yeah, I'd love to have a conversation with myself three years ago. Because going back to your question, I think it was naivety, but we're pretty arrogant as well. To really? think, yeah, we can do it, two years. I'll probably, well, I, w I don't regret anything at all, but I would probably do a bit more planning. <laughs> What was what was the plan for the first year then, Harry? Like, what was your like looking back that first year? Oh, we just thought, oh yeah, we're just gonna we'll, we'll buy two laptops, we'll get some phones, we'll just bill. That was it. We'll just bill. <laughs> that was the business plan. That was the business plan. We opened our laptop on day one, <laughs> loaded up Vincherry because we bought, spent all the money on Vincherry. Yeah, and we're like, right then, no candidates, no, just all zero, 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 zero. zero. I was like, right. It was, it was. <laughs> but, uh, we can't I, uh, ring him, we can't ring him, we can't ring him, we can't ring him. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, this is, how, and, and this is a true, like it is a yeah, true, but yeah. the, the funniest bit was, after three days, Harry said, what have you been doing? And I said, well, I've been building a website, mate, we need a website. So Henry has a thing. Uh, <laughs> he hasn't about, even been doing his job, he hasn't oh, ringing the clients, he's, he's got BD. He's got a thing, Henry, where... He's great at BD and he'll smash out BD for a few hours and then he'll find a job that's got nothing to do with recruitment, <laughs> like putting a shelf up, like cleaning the fridge. Like everyone at talk will vouch for me. Yeah, they will. And he was doing that. Day one, started building a website. Said, no one knows who we are. They're not going to go on the website. Let's get some money. We have no money. <laughs> yeah. So we, uh, in terms of how we, like, and that was the other thing, we'd self-funded the business. Mm. So the business has no backers, has no investment. It's just, it was me at mine and Harry's money, so yeah. How much runway did you give yourselves? Four oh. months. <laughs> four <laughs> months. Yeah, I think we gave ourselves four months, which again was one of those things. I think if you'd gone back now in hindsight, 20, twenty-five grand on it. Yeah, you, we would have we would have said to ourselves, okay, well, let's save up a bit longer and do six. Mm. There's what we do now. We run our business on like a, a lot longer longevity yeah. in terms of if everything hits the fan, and that saved us in which we'll go on to, which saved us in 2020. Yeah. And so, like, why why is that the advice? Is that because it would you'd put less pressure on yourself at the beginning? Is it just? And I also think you can say no more. We had to say yes at the mm. start because it was you know you were in client negotiations, and when you're working for a big corporate, it's brilliant because you can just it doesn't matter if they don't want to work with you. Mm. You know, realistically, if if you're you're setting your percentage at twenty twenty five percent, and then we were in a situation where it was like, well. Are we cutting our nose off to spite our face here? You yeah. know, if we don't agree, lower rates because we need to get cash in the bank. Yeah, we've had to do a bit of a clear out recently, haven't we? Mm -hmm. Ringing clients saying 
we we can't work at this percentage anymore. Mm. Do you want to go on our regular rates or not? Some have said, yeah, that's fine. Some haven't, but that's the problem because without planning, you have you think right? Oh, that's a five grand fee. Five grand, that's another month. Mm. I'll do it. I'll take twelve percent. Then you think, right? Well, I've got. A, I've built up a bit of, bit of a bank account now. Mm. Don't want to worry about when he rings up. I need a project manager. And you sat there thinking, I should be getting about 15k for this job. Mm. Getting about three. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, yeah. But Not yeah. That bad, but yeah. No, was, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I appreciate the honesty. So I guess let me just ask you this then, Harry, and then I want to definitely find out the, the biggest challenges. I think sometimes people can overplan. Obviously, you probably underplanned, you're being honest. Mm-hmm. But like, what would you say in hindsight with what you've learned over the last yeah two, three years or whatever, what would you say for people that are really considering taking that leap? What would you say would be the non-negotiable, non-negotiables to at least think about, have a bit of a plan around yeah. rather than, I think some people can over plan and just overthink stuff. So like, what would you say are like the absolutely crucial things that maybe people should plan that would give them a yeah. better chance of that first year just being less chaotic? Yeah. So I would always be an inch wide and a mile deep. Mm. So pick a niche, two or three job titles in one area and stick to it. Don't think like, oh, well, I've got, let's say you're doing the Northwest or London. I've got a job in Cambridge. I'll take it. Mm. Just stick to what you're doing and you'll thank yourself kind of six, eight months down the line because you'll be able to get one candidate and send it out to four or five places. Mm. So definitely, definitely, definitely do that. I'm massive on market mapping. So... You can have all the CRMs and whatever you want, but Excel spreadsheet, like postcodes, company names, what they do, mm. and you can literally just, it's just making patterns. If you spend two weeks just banging candidates and getting manager names, leads, and getting them on your market map, that is your gold dust, that's live data. Mm-hmm. Data is just, that's something we neglected big at the start, didn't we? But now we're kind of going back and teaching rookies to build their own markets. Mm. It's almost like building a business within a business, isn't it? So data, do not neglect the data. Mm-hmm. I would I would do it with somebody because mm. it's very, very lonely. Like we've had dark days. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That dropout for Christmas, it's I don't know how it effect, it's mentally affected me that he did it. What the first year? First year he did a I think it was about a sixteen gram fee, which in our market is big. Decent. Yeah. And we were all, I've got a video on my phone, we're all like jumping about, yeah, get in. She accepts it, signs, drops out, couch gets like a 25k. I still never do it. offer, doesn't it? So I'd do it with someone because there's been days where everything's gone wrong mm. and just a phone call to each other, you feel 10 times better mm. once you come off it. So pick your partner, make sure you can be completely honest with that person. Yeah. If it's, you just need unfiltered honesty and don't neglect your data. Yeah, nice, I love that. And then, yeah, like you said, maybe give yourself a bit more of a financial runway. Definitely. And like, yeah. It, but the thing is, if you haven't got it in recruitment, if you because ha- some people, obviously we know the models of, of some companies where they chuck 100 grand at their top biller and they go set up a company. Some people aren't that lucky. The money will always come. Mm. If you get on the phone, it will always come. Mm. It's not like retail or whatever. Just hardware, really. So, Henry, from your experience, what was your biggest challenge in that first year that you maybe least expected or like looking back what what was like the big the real challenge in that first year 100% was going from an employee to a business owner mm. I think the mindset of not having you having to be fully accountable 
for you and there's n- there's no one going to tell you to do anything. <laughs> <clears throat> and that's the truth. Yeah. We came from a company which, you know, we, we, we thoroughly enjoyed the time there, but it was very strict processes, very tight tolerances on KPIs, strict numbers to deliver every day. And then when, that, when those shackles are taken off and we're sat there, me and Harry together, you know, there, there, you, there, you can fall into a slip of going, well, we could go for lunch or we can mm. go here or we can do this because we're free. But realistically, what that does is put you back even further. Mm. <laughs> and, and, you know, and that, that's the, the truth. So for, for me, I think the biggest challenge was, was mentally getting myself into a situation where there's no one else who will hold me accountable apart from myself. I have to deliver these. Otherwise, I will be one out of a job. But also, I, you know, I'm not just affecting me now, I'm affecting Harry. And I also think having that that mindset to be able to deal with challenges which are outside of recruitment that um, are involved in running a business which we hadn't we hadn't done before, and it was setting that time apart outside of work. So I would say, if anything, we worked more we work more now than we've ever worked, and that would be like going on to a tip. I think if anyone's setting up a business to think that they're going to have more time, nice. that's not <laughs> yeah, that's just not true. Yeah. You have you have less time, and I think that was probably my biggest challenge on that just just quickly i know for me i i can definitely relate to that for me i feel like it's an ongoing thing like i think the goal is to like 80 90 percent of the time you do the shit that sometimes you don't really feel like you want to do you know what i mean yeah some days you're just gonna get up and you're like i really can't be fucked with this today Mm -hmm. but it's like how can you make sure you reduce those days as, as much as possible but like i think people who are employed even struggle with that if i'm honest from from my experience themselves accountable all that so like how have you got better at that like how have you because for me i found it's about just setting yourself up to have the best chance of just doing the things you know you need to do do you know what i mean if that's starting yeah. with the hardest things in the morning or like just doing the things outside of work that i know is going to help me so if that's working out going gym getting good sleep in it's just doing the things that's going to set me up to have a better chance of going right i'm going to smash this out even though sometimes you're not motivated but you've got there's no one else holding self accountable. how have you got better at it This podcast is proudly partnered with the award-winning Sourcebreaker. Now, I think it's safe to say that right now, the market is crazy. Continue to hear people saying, never seen the market like it. And I continue to speak to recruiters who are inundated with jobs, which is why I'm not surprised that the number one word that I'm always hearing at the moment is automation. And if you're looking at how you can enable your teams to spend more time on what they're brilliant at, building relationships, speaking to people, then you need to look at Sourcebreaker. It's helped countless recruitment companies scale more quickly, enable their younger recruits and their rookies to get better more quickly and automate a whole lot of the the work that a lot of recruiters are probably not so good at and the work that, that maybe they don't enjoy as much. Because you listen to this podcast, you're going to be able to get an exclusive discount on the Sourcebreaker product. So if you have not already, get a demo booked in with Sourcebreaker. Use the link in the show notes. You will not regret it. If you're thinking about that word automation in 2022, you need to consider Sourcebreaker. My biggest strength now is like planning. Okay. So I was awful <laughs> at organization anyone anyone who you ever yeah I was anyone who would have met me two three years ago even would have said no way he can run a business because organization was was everywhere I now work really hard on ensuring organizations in place but then I've got a plan Mm. so each day I come into work I know exactly what I'm going to do which takes me back to like my 
like full billing time. You know, you had to have a day plan before you come in, otherwise you'd fail. The other thing is, it's enjoying the things that you can do. So for me, I work in like two hour blocks. Mm -hmm. Like Harry says, I'll do like work on BD or developing a client for two hours and then I'll do something else. Yeah. And if that means for 15 minutes, 20 minutes, I'm cleaning the fridge or I'm putting a shelf up, <laughs> it's just my, it, it just resets my brain mm. and then I go again. And it's about having that like ruthless focus to do the job and then, okay, I've literally, I've done four hours work in two hours. Mm, yeah. So that's, that's helped me massively. Yeah, I love that. Harry, what was your biggest challenge in that first year from your experience? Because oftentimes it could be different to... Probably yeah, him, me. Yeah. With him, really. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> for me, it's the feeling of the pressure of it's all on us. Mm. That is, sometimes you sit in bed at night looking <laughs> at the ceiling thinking, especially when you first get staff, mm. you think, oh my God, like, I need to build this this month because this person's going on, this guy's bought a house, I'm thinking to pull mm. my finger out but yeah dealing with the pressure of this is it I've put my savings into this it can't go wrong mm. so that's almost like a fear of failure push, like pushing you forward mm. and as you get better and better you get more confident in your ability and that that goes away obviously you're always in the back of your mind that something could go wrong which I think is clever but other than that that's the big one because we've we had a lot of fun didn't we we've had loads we, of fun yeah Year one, we had a lot of fun because it was just us two. Like we said, the shackles were shackles up. We say that it was a good place to work. Where we worked before. Yeah. we did enjoy it, but it was just com polar opposite. Like it's a lot of work, middle yeah. of town, we're in Manchester, going out for lunch. We <laughs> do one bit, one uh, one deal. It's above fifteen degrees. Let's go and sit in the all day. <laughs> Which did catch up with us, but we sorted it. But this is why I wanted to come on here with you, and, and Harry did as well, because I just think like we are as transparent as it is. Oh, yeah, I love we've it. got yeah. we've got a successful business now, and it, yeah, but yeah, we've we've done some stupid things. Hey, we're talking about the first year, aren't we? And I think it's yeah. such a yeah. You from the environment you've both been in for however long, employed mm -hmm. different environments, it's just entirely different. Yeah, yeah. But just on that, Harry, I can really relate to that. So I don't know. Like I feel like yeah, when it's your business. Firstly, let, let's just be real, when you have your own business, even I feel like in recruitment sales or whatever, like your job is literally to just eat shit and deal with rejection, mm -hmm. like every single fucking week, basically. Yeah. But when it's your your business, sometimes those rejections and those setbacks can make you feel like, what's the fucking point? Are we going to do it? Are we just going to fail? Is it not going to work? Mm -hmm. So I can definitely relate to that. So like for me personally, when I have those moments or weeks, the thing that I always have to do is basically just take action and just get back to the things that I can control. Yeah, Because yeah. I know as soon as I have a good conversation with a new customer or whatever, like that quickly goes away. Yeah. So what what do you do to like make sure that, I know you said you've got better because you've now got more evidence yep. to go, no, 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 we can get through this because this happened and now we'll get through. But I think some people that can really eat them up and it holds them back. How yeah. do you get better at not letting that overcome you? So to be honest, I like to pride myself that I'm pretty good at handling when something bad's happened. For an example, we were um, a victim of some fraud, weren't we? You was a victim of some fraud? <laughs> yeah, that was really funny. <laughs> 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 but, um, sorry. <laughs> but basically, we paid an invoice and they weren't real. It wasn't a real... Oh, fuck, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had a real website. for The company we were supposed to be paying, whoever this person was, had hacked their phone. So when you ring the number, you ring that real company. Oh, fuck. But the money hell. just got intercepted. So anyway, I'm big on, well, number one, nobody's dead. Right, cool. Yeah. No one's dead, so we can sort it. 
And then it's everything I can control. Yeah. Right, well, I'll worry about that. I can't control this guy's not turned up, this mm. has happened, the system's gone down, the fraud. It's gone. Mm. Nothing we can do about it now. Let's move forward. So Henry's very like, his thing's like empathy and he's, he's mm. good at that sort of stuff. Whereas I'm, what, right, let's just, let's just get shit done sort yeah. of thing. So dealing with it, it's literally very similar to what you said. I step back. Like a lot of the time when me and Henry are in a situation we're speaking, Henry does a lot of the talking and I sit back <laughs> and kind of take it in. So assess it. Can we control this situation or control the outcome? Yes. Right, what do we need to do? I'm quite like pragmatic, yeah. that word. Like that's mm. how I think about things black and white. I don't mm. really get emotional about stuff like mm. with work. So if anyone was in the situation we're in or we're in, starting your own business, just take the emotion out of every decision mm. you make. Because when it comes to people, yes, these emotions are not robots, but decisions on clients, candidates, yeah. that sort of thing. It's yeah. black and white. I think the, the best thing you can do, and I think, I don't know about you guys, but it's a constant journey as well, is like you can sometimes fall into like, you almost feel like your business is you, if you get what I mean. Yeah. Like it's your identity. Yeah, yeah. So like if talk consulting have had an absolute mega month, you're absolutely sky high, but then if you have a shit month, yeah, you yeah. feel shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. And it's trying to get better at disassociating yourself with like, no, no, when talk consulting is doing well, that doesn't mean like that's me doing really well. I don't know, just getting better at that. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's something we've got a lot better at. It's like grounded, isn't it? Mm. So, and I think, you know, Harry's definitely helped me with this in terms of being, like you say, more pragmatic, probably more, less emotional to situations because at times we've let outside situations affect us and then all it does in the long run is just waste more time yeah <laughs> and that's really you look back on it and you go oh we've just wasted loads of time on that which we didn't need to do so i think like you say having that ability just to take the emotion out of it and okay everything's going well how do we make it better mm. or, or how do we do that again it's like the first time a client didn't pay and we were so annoyed, angry, like it affected us low. We drove. Do you remember? We we drove. We, we drove yeah, from Manchester. How long? How long was it overdue? Oh, uh, like they just refu- no. It was it was overdue, so, and then they refused to pay. And I was yeah, like, you oh, can't. Absolute rats. And yeah. they were like, we know you're not a big business, so you know, good luck trying to sue that, us. That, really? That was just, yeah. Yeah, probably not the best idea. We got in the car and drove. Yeah, we did. And what, what was the plan was, when you got there? Well, it was like an hour and 20 minute drive. We just drove there. I don't know. I don't know. We're just going to confront the MD. <laughs> I don't know how that was going to go. And just, yeah, like, how would that go? We did, like, we did actually yeah, just go. rock up. Here you go, boys. Well, we, rock, we rocked up. HR came and met us and intercepted us in the foyer. And then we, we got to speak to them and then we got escorted outside. <laughs> he just hid in his room. So we wasted roughly four hours, two hours driving there, maybe half an hour there yeah, on and then site. It the hours, whole but... week because we yeah. were angry about it. But then now, if that happens, pass it and it's, it's got to go to the legal people. Mm. Pass it on. Let me know when it's done. Yeah. Forward. We'll move on. Is that sometimes people don't, uh, people underestimate, I suppose there's a lot of people where how long it, because you guys now obviously did perm. Yep. So how long it can take for customers to pay their invoices. Yeah. That's something we're trying to drive into the team now as well is like payment terms really affect things much more widely than we ever knew. We did contracts. I think we were on seven, most of our clients on contract were on seven day payment terms in our mm. old business. Or two weeks, wasn't it? Whereas now with some of the larger companies, because now permanent recruitment, you, a lot of the big companies run purchase orders, you're talking like 30, 60 day payment terms. You know, realistically, if they've got a month's notice period or a three month's notice period and then 60 day payment terms, you're not getting money for three to five months. Mm. So that, going back to your question you said earlier, actually, in terms of planning for, for the business, that's another thing in terms of having more, more money in a 
bank because you could do a deal yeah. on your first day, but it might not mm. pay for yeah. three months. If you do a perm deal, yeah. what's ended up being like the average of like, obviously the best customers and the, the right customers will probably pay exactly when you want them to. But we've got a client who pay us early and we love them. So and they get a great Christmas present. What, what's ended up being like the average amount of time? 21 days. 21, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's good insight for people. Yeah, we, we send all of our terms at 14 day payment terms. Most of our clients are brilliant. And yeah, our average payment terms 21 days. We obviously sometimes clients will ring you and go, God, we've missed you off mm. the payroll and sorry, can we do it next Friday? Yeah, that's fine. Mm. But it's just about having that relationship with with clients and, you know, understanding that, you know, it's not just the engineering director or the MD you deal with. You need to have a good relationship with finance as well so that when things are going wrong or they've missed something, you can just ring up and speak to them and you've spoke to them before. Mm. Person on the front desk. Yeah. You've got to have a good relationship. Whoever yeah. that is, you've got to know the name and be nice to them because yeah. they'll sort it out for you. So let, let's talk about this second year then, and then we'll get into the the most recent. Uh, the yeah, the year just gone because the second year was COVID. So what I wrote down <laughs> in pre- pre- yeah, 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 preparing for this obviously ended up uh, four of you by the end of twenty twenty one. Yeah, I've got here, mm-hmm. and then I think why don't we just start with? So let's just frame it up, and then you can add any more context. But obviously, so you did manufacturing and engineering. Yeah, and basically for you guys that like you you said to me Harry on the call like. You had what, like 10, 14 jobs or whatever, and then it was like, yep, yeah, rubbing yeah, the yeah. literally just rubbed everyone off the board. Literally. And then you you guys basically had a certain time period, what you had like 18 grand or something. Mm-hmm. And in that time, back to like what you were saying, what can I control? Mm-hmm. You basically ended up focusing on a new market that ended up sort of, yeah, being absolutely crucial. Yeah, life science. Talk, talk to us a bit about that story because yeah. I think that just showcases like the journey yeah. of having your own business and what it takes and, and what you have to, yeah. like, the type of mindset you have to have. Yeah, so I think everyone now that is going to, that will listen to this and think i start a recruitment company, things like COVID can happen. Like yeah. two years ago, we'd not, never have thought a pandemic mm shuts down the world and you got to stay in your house. Like. Do you remember we were, in the, we were in that shared office, weren't we? And everyone was like, oh, the country's going to go into lockdown. And I remember stood up, there must have been like 40 people there. And I was just like, can everyone stop panicking? It's physically, Chill financially out. not viable for the country to shut down. <sighs> the following day, I was sat at home and, and Boris was on TV and said that we can't leave the house. And I was like, mad. But you, the thing is, you can't really prepare for that. Mm. There's, there's nothing you can do. If we weren't in a position where we'd done well in year one and not been like frivolous with the money or anything, it it would have gone tits up. There's nothing you nothing you could do about it because especially in our market, manufacturing, you, you can't manufacture anything from home. Do you know what I mean? So mm. with that, again, it was a case of that day, it was the day after Boris did the announcement, so it was the Tuesday, I think. We were in the office, we, we're still going in, we went to the office and we just rubbing all the all the jobs off they're ringing up what, like we're closing down yep sorry whatever go 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 and then yeah we went home got a bit sad for a few days and then we just said right because again we, we couldn't get any of the grants we couldn't get any of the help no one's going to come to help us like no one there isn't a white a white horse going over the hill is there to, to help us we've just got a, who is open what can't shut so we're like uh, FMCG food production, pharmaceuticals and medical devices. They can't shut. I'm like, so what are we gonna go for? Everyone was going for food production. So you literally like that was saturated. So it's like, let's try pharmaceuticals, let's have a go. We have no idea about it. Never worked a pharmaceutical job, but if you stick to your like your training recruitment, so good qualifications, like confident phone manner and stuff like that, you can kind of wing your <laughs> wing your way through it. So no it's not the best advice, but 
it's more, again, we took the emotion out of it. We thought, if we don't make X amount of money in the next few months, that'll be it. The, the bank, because we, we didn't get, we, we got nothing. Yeah, because you're only like a year in, yeah. We were a year in. Yeah. We were in a... You don't qualify for anything. Yeah, we were in a shared office. We didn't qualify for the grant. We didn't get the self-assessment one because we hadn't done a self-assessment no. at this point. There no. was a bursary grant at Manchester City Council. We didn't... They obviously only could give it to like 400 companies. We didn't get it. Nope. So I said to Harry, we were like, there is nothing. And to be fair, we could have, you know, we'd built up a, a decent buffer where it we had two options, didn't we? We said to ourselves, we either shut down and we just don't do anything for a few months. We reduce all of the bills to the best we can and I think we said we could get through like if it was going to go on for like 10 months so I said right we're sorted then mm. or we use this oppo- uh, as an opportunity because I always am a big believer in adverse situations opportunity arises mm. and we tapped into a market which now is like 40 to 45 percent of the business is revenue comes from a market which started in COVID yeah, mega. Mm. it's one of my favorite markets to work as well because like the pharmaceutical medical device industry is super interesting mm. for like I'm a bit of a geek anyway so it's super interesting for like nerdy people who want to know about stuff but also there isn't a low fee mm. it doesn't matter whether you work yeah. entry level stuff all the fees are really really good and you're well respected and that's something that we've found at times in engineering doesn't necessarily happen mm. yeah I think um, what we learned in COVID that mindset shift mm. has shaped us for the next like I don't think we'd be the same company no if that hadn't have happened because everything was going too well we didn't know how to deal with like adversity really did we because we'd, we'd do a deal get a job do a deal get a job do a deal mm. we didn't what was it, was it? Going we, too well. we no. didn't have was it we didn't have two, a years, until two years we didn't have a single re- we didn't have a single dropout really? in two years mm. which is just we, like we were I remember we were sat there going like we were looking on on Vincherry and all the placements were still all running and we were like ha, like that's like that's an impressive stat we were like this is this shows that we are doing like the right thing obviously as the business grows and you employ people and things happen and obviously now that isn't the case but i think um yeah the second year was the best year of talk consulting not necessarily from financials and growth yeah. etc but it was in terms of how the business is going to go forward. And, and like you say, we are a much more structured business. We have a much more clear vision in terms of where we want to go. But we're also much better directors. Mm. Mm. So just, just I think this would be practical for people. And then let's go into, yeah, I think then let's start talking about that, how you feel about the business now, the things that you've integrated in the business and all that. But I guess looking back, maybe Harry, I'll ask you, a lot of people, and you'll be helping your team now, build new markets, mm-hmm. start new markets. I know it was very much like, well, we've got to do it, otherwise it's an opportunity. Mm-hmm. But like looking back, what do you think you did well to like then that become like 40, 50% of your business? Like if we're thinking of building markets, yeah. I don't know, principles to doing that well, do you think, that, that could be helpful for people? This podcast is proudly partnered with Vincherry. Now, you should know by now that they are on the quest and their vision and mission is to be and become the operating system for growing recruitment companies. Well, you may or may not have seen, but I'm here to tell you that they've recently added another fantastic piece of kit to their overall amazing system. It's called Vineo. You can probably guess what it is. A lot of you, and for the last two or so years, have probably accelerated your use of video. So having a tool which is 
seamlessly in your uh, CRM, what you use every day to prospect candidates, prospect clients, to use video in, in your interview process, just going to make your life a whole lot easier. So just another amazing reason why you need to check out Vincere if you're looking for an all-in-one platform, the operating system that you need as you scale your recruitment business, then you have to consider Vincere. Use the link in the show notes. Because you're a recruitment mentors listener, you will get an exclusive discount and price. So use that link and you will not regret it. As he said on that call to you, he's obsessed with Elon Musk. So yeah. we, we have a big thing of the best part is no part. Mm. So you stick to your basics in terms of get a good MMC, marketable candidate, take it to market. Keep it simple. Don't You don't need to be doing, well, I know it, recruitment's evolving and changing, but there's people who will spend however long on a LinkedIn post or, I don't know, a video on, what's that software called? The video Hint, one, yeah. Interview or one of them, doing all that. If you're building a market, that's the, the sexy stuff that comes later. Stick to the basics, the foundations, good qualifications. Make sure you're asking that extra question. Questions that you might not really like the answer to, mm. make sure they're asked. Retain all the information, take them to market. That's my best advice. I know it's not like... Too groundbreaking, <laughs> but that is actually the truth of it, though. That's how we won in, in the, the life sciences division. And obviously, we're not saying we, we own the life sciences no. division no. market, but we, we got into like one of the most prestigious companies in the UK through Harry filling a position that they had open for nine months. Harry filled it in two weeks. Mm. And we told you about this on the mm. call. They physically couldn't understand how their seven other recruitment agencies they were working with at the time, they now only work with us, couldn't fill this position, Harry filled it in two weeks. They gave us another vacancy, three days later we filled that again inside two weeks. Their process now in-house is that every t every vacancy has to be filled inside four weeks. Before that, they gave themselves six months to fill a vacancy. Wow. So we came in, we set a process with them. We've now identified all of the recruit, uh, you know, the recruitment process and how we do it and how we can integrate into their business. They now see the value of that because their managers are spending so much less time off the job recruiting than they were before. So they're, you know, they've, they've, they're making more money, even though they're spending more money, which, mm. you know, in, in, in a roundabout way is, is yeah. what recruitment is about. It's about improving increasing the, the capacity of what the managers can do in terms of their day-to-day -day job while reducing time off it and then like balancing the cost and that's what yeah. we do. You need to understand the value that you, you add. Can, yeah. Because if you don't understand it as a recruiter, you're not going to be able to put, like give the message over to your client. Mm. I still get calls from recruiters that haven't looked at LinkedIn trying to get me jobs in call centres and stuff. So, and I think that's great, but this was... This is a shocking phone call. Like, I'm going to be nice to you because I understand the position you're in. Mm. But it, you've got to understand where your value is. We know that when talk consulting or our consultants call a client and get a meeting and speak with the um, hiring manager what we offer, what we're good mm. at, they might say, can you do X, Y, and Z? No, can't do that because mm. that's not what we do. This is what we do. This is what we're good at. This is how it's going to save you time, money, anything like that. And it's, it's crystal clear then. And yeah. There's no muddy in the water. Everyone's happy. It's, it's crazy how many consultants actually don't know the answer to that question. Yeah. Or at least they don't get told it. Or like, I, I think looking... like And if you think about it, a lot of people are shit scared of doing BD. Yeah. I think that is part of it. Yeah, definitely. Put clients on the pedestal. 
100%. don't realise actually the value that they're given. If you can actually help people really truly understand that, it's going to be more confident going into those conversations. 100%. BD is the best part of recruitment. And I, and I don't care whether you're, a, you're a, a delivery consultant or you do candidates only. If you go on a good client meeting and you win the client over and you come back, there isn't a better feeling. Mm. I don't think. Like we went, we took one of our consultants who's transitioning from delivery to 360, booked a first meeting, big engineering company. I couldn't believe she bought them in. They were like, no, we want you to come on site. We want you to do this. I was like, wow, George, you've done that really. This is impressive yeah, work. Especially. Went on site to say she loved it. Yeah, she's like, it. now she's like, oh, I just want to do BD. Mm. I'm like, yeah, because it's addictive, isn't it? Like it's mm. the it's because it's it's different to candidates because you're turning a situation where you might not win or shouldn't always win into a situation where you win, mm. and that in a like competitive nature, entrepreneurial spirit, whatever you want to call it, is the thing that keeps us all alive, isn't it? Where yeah. you go into a situation where you're up against it, you've never met these people, they might not like you, you've got to negotiate, and you come out the other end and everything's agreed. It's mm. like that's cool. Yeah, it's mega. So let's talk about. The third year and then like more recent, right? So I guess let, let's just, with you guys being honest today, just we could say that when you've really grown up as business owners maybe and yeah. like taking the things that you've learned. Mm-hmm. So you shared with me, again, correct me if I'm wrong here, but yeah, shared your end of third year, you did just under 800k revenue and you had, and then you're all about nine people today. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, and then I know you have goals to break the million this year, right? Yeah. We're 10 heads now, aren't we? So, yeah, we're just... We're, oh, sorry. Yeah, 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 don't worry. <laughs> First time we've been at double figures, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I think for us this year was like an investment year, wasn't it? Mm. We sat down and we do every year, we sit down and we, we plan now <laughs> for the future year, we do. Mm. And we, we set time aside for that. And I think we we said that we wanted to invest a significant amount of time into the, com- into the staff that we have. Mm. And I think sometimes companies get, Pride gets in the way sometimes and you think, oh, I need to, we need to grow and we need to grow and we need to grow and we need to hire more people because that looks good. Mm. Forget what other people think. What you need to do, what we said to ourselves, didn't we, is we want to invest our time into the staff we have so that we get them to a point where they're billing consistently. But not only consistently, they're, they're achieving the targets that they want to achieve. Mm. People are motivated via different things and especially in recruitment now, it's definitely modernised a lot more. In terms of it's not just commission lunch clubs and holidays anymore. There's so many other incentives that people want that you can give to people. So we sat all of our guys down at the start of the year, didn't we? And we did like a financial planning with them and what they want to achieve and what they want to buy and how we're going to do that. And we implemented that into the business. And me and Harry were very conscious that we were not going to grow the team until we got that core group to where they wanted to be because we believe in the group that we have. And that's something that over the third year in the business, we worked really hard on, which, yes, stifled growth in terms of of headcount, but the company in terms of efficiency now is much better. And then we then have redundancy in the business where we can come away to London today and we know that the office is going to be run and there's going to be, you know, no one's no one's not going to know what to do or have someone to speak to or, you yeah. know, are going to get lost. Mm. And that that for us is like now where we're next year going to be able to really sort of drive forward the growth because we have that foundation. So, because my question was going to be, and you sort of answered it, uh, that definitely one of the ways in terms of financial planning with the team, really understand what they want, decide that you're going to reinvest in the team. But my question was going to be like, what else do you feel like the decisions you made that have made you more grown up now in business or things that you've integrated. So that's, I don't know if you want to add anything yeah. here in terms of you think that maybe, yeah, things that you've really decided to do that you think, you know what, that was a good decision or I'm, I'm really pleased that we've then ended up doing that. Yeah, so it kind of links in with what Henry said, but I'll go into a bit more detail. So we used, 
and, and we can admit, me and Henry can admit that we get a lot of stuff wrong. We used to set goals and incentives and achievements that we like. And then, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then I've, I think, well, we've got two 21-year-old girls <laughs> in the team. They don't want to go do what I want to do. So that meeting that we have, it's we literally plan to the penny, how much money do you want to earn a year to be happy almost mm. obviously money shouldn't be no, based no, on happiness, saying, yeah. but don't say to me 100 grand mm. okay why mm. but if you're happy with earning 80 grand let's see what we've got to do and we've, we've we've always been big on ratios but we've really pushed it this year haven't we like everyone fills out their um ratios for the month and we get an average mm. so once we let's for example ben says i want to earn x a month okay cool we can sit and literally break it down you need to send 23 CVs to job and you will achieve that. Mm. Like data, our data like management has just gone through the roof. But I think I'm pleased that we did the kind of surveys and the financial planning meeting with the team because it's not like a dictatorship of me and, me and Henry sit there and go, Bill, Bill, Bill. Yeah. We want to go to a beef or something. When the guys, I don't know what I save up, for a house with a boyfriend or mm. do you know what I mean? Something like that. So yeah, knowing you, knowing the team on a really personal level, they're not just kind of a number on a spreadsheet. I know we're a small team, but it's like a little family, isn't it? Almost yeah. like they can talk to us about everything. So really, really focusing on the people, you know, mm. is what we've done this year. So year one was just get cash in the bank. Year two was survive COVID, wasn't it? Get through the other side. And year three has been foundation the, yeah, yeah <clears throat> building the core yeah you've really committed to processes yeah. like what i love about what you just said it may sound like really boring or like people almost like make people scared of the word kpi now and stuff don't yeah, they yeah, but because yeah. of the world that i'm in one of the biggest challenges that i always hear from recruiters when we're sort of onboarding them talking about their learning and stuff is like time management mm-hmm. and actually what that means what they're actually saying is like i've there's a lot of stuff that i need to manage and i don't know what to prioritize mm-hmm. but when you make it when you sit down with your manager and you know one what your big goal is and why that's important to you. And then you really make it really simple of like from how you're performing at the moment, if you do these each month, it should mean that you hit your goal. Mm-hmm. And then you've just made it really easy and simple yeah. and understand for them to understand. Yeah, yeah. And in recruitment, you can end up just getting lost in all this different stuff. So that, that's what I love about that. A lot of, sometimes recruiters actually need that. Like if they just have complete clarity yeah. on this is what I'm aiming for. If I do this and I should be in a good position, but a lot of people don't have that. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, I, think, I think that's a great insight. Like but we do that. We do that in our recruitment as well, don't we? Like in yeah. our process, we say to people like, just make each of the each of the processes as simple as possible, mm. and and therefore you can you are going to have better results. We were saying this on the call to you. I think you know, something that happens is people overcomplicate things further down the line because they feel like they have to in order to be more senior or to yeah. be have done have done anything for longer. You need to make the process more more complicated. And that's why like our mantra is like not different, just better. And that that's true. Just do all those sections better and you will have better results. Like, I love that. Yeah. So I've got two more two more things before yeah. we finish up on our show. Definitely want to talk to you about the journey with US so far this year because I think a lot of people have taken on that. Uh, yeah, a lot of fun <laughs> journey. But I guess let me just ask you just quickly. I know, like we we said about some of the you touched on it, but 
I know that one of your biggest challenges, we've just spoken about some of the great things you've ended up implementing, but it has been hiring. Yeah. And it's just obviously just always, it's just ironic in it that, yeah, do recruitment and it's <laughs> hard for yourself. But what have we got to share on this for people? Like what have, I think what you shared with me on the call was you've now really ended up committing to people that don't have recruitment experience or maybe not 100%. loads of recruitment experience. So I don't know what you want to share on this, on like the real pains you've had to go through on hiring for your business and why that's been difficult. Yeah, so I think we took to hiring like anyone would take to hiring. Let's let's look for someone who's done this job before, integrate them into our team, mm -hmm. show them our processes and they're going to succeed. That is not the case. And naive again. Uh, yeah, re really naive. One that, you know, necessarily, I think experienced recruiters can be quite, you know, are notoriously more difficult because, you know, they have their own way of doing things and, you know, you're not, you don't want to teach them to suck eggs and you want to give them that respect, but also integrate them into your business. So we made a conscious decision, maybe 18, no, 14 months ago-ish. We are only going to hire people now who, unless we know, personally know them, who I've got no experience. Mm. We look only as well on now for people with like that that attitude and willingness to learn in an interview and and that that like the the personality traits of ability to adapt, don't we? Mm -hmm. The same thing that I yeah, said to you at the start. Yeah. Because you can't you cannot, unfortunately, if they're a grad or have never done recruitment before, what can you ask them in an interview which is going to tell you that they can do recruitment? There is nothing. So you're hiring hundred percent based on do I believe this person can do the job? Do I want to invest money in them? That's all you can hire on. So yeah. we've made our recruitment process dead simple. Our interviews probably last, the actual interview probably lasts 20 minutes. We then <laughs> yeah. get them to sit with a team for a bit and see what the, the team think of them because that's massive, like mm. a, the cultural impact of people. And yeah, hiring has been very difficult, but you have to understand with that way of hiring, you are going to hire people that are not going to work out. And I think something that we struggle with at times, isn't it, is cutting people early enough because mm. the same, we spend a lot of time with people we're a smaller company, it's then difficult to go, right, well, this person isn't working out, but let's invest a bit more time into them, even though you know six weeks before you sack them that they couldn't do the job. Mm. You should have. So I, I think hiring is is the most difficult thing in recruitment in terms of owning a recruitment business and retain and, and like and, and finding good good candidates yeah. to, to come. But when you do we retain them like mm. and you will and you have to you know you have to retain good good talent. Yeah, invest in them. Yeah. What, what's, what would say your from your perspective and your experiences were some of the biggest hiring mistakes you've made, like internally? Um, we used to try and, I think, because I can admit we were pretty bad at interviewing yeah. at the start, we almost tried to make it like a lads club, didn't we? We were trying to get that typical recruiter personality, even with some of the girls we, we, mm. we hired, and we're all there for the wrong reasons. I think everyone we've got now, their personalities are completely different, but they're all friends. So I think we've nailed it with these guys. But um, the challenges for me is because it is grad recruitment, and like Henry said, they can't they can't tell you anything of substance really. Like mm. I can do this, I can do this. You are just rolling a dice, and you need to separate from do I like this person, or is this person going to be good for my business? Like think mm. we've sat in interviews before and we've told the guy like mate we really like you know, everything but we're not don't think it's going to work but 12 months ago we'd have been scared like well, probably more than 12 months ago, 18 months ago two years ago we'd have been worried about offending them like thinking mm. like, i actually just would go for a pint with this guy i don't well, actually want <laughs> in, in, in the business sort of thing but it's 
it comes with reps doing loads of interviews and the big thing since we introduced the team like meeting them at the end we literally get them all in at the same time literally everyone crams into the boardroom that has been a big insight because we've gone oh we really like this guy really like this guy then he meets the team and they've all gone he didn't ask us anything he had no questions to ask us so then it's like that's that's your team so that's a red flag yeah are you going to work with them sort of thing and yeah I can admit we, we've got it wrong big time a few times but we're much more kind of self-aware of this ain't working mm. and to be fair there's only, there haven't been that many people that we've had to part ways with who've been annoyed about it no like people normally it's like pretty amicable like yeah it's probably the right decision mm. like, so they respect it so I feel like we've built a nice kind of we're just honest environment. yeah well yeah, yeah. yeah that, there's it's no, always built yeah. on honesty so honest with yourself that like I knew Henry, Henry is better at interviewing than me because I can just sit there a bit monotone staring at them across the desk and <laughs> probably not that welcoming but I've got better I, I used to just sit back and stare at them <laughs> and like just watch and that used to put people off <laughs> no, I love that but yeah it's just reps gotta keep mm. doing it it's hard but if you're hiring for a position just book out a day get a, get a full day of interviews in mm. by the last few interviews you're uh a monster. I I think people like some some recruitment companies sometimes and managers are afraid of like giving like hiring responsibility away or taking other people's opinion. Like we really value the opinion that the team has. We've sat with people that we're like, wow, they could be a really good recruiter, and then the team will come in and and the team like you say don't get the right feeling or they don't ask the right questions or they say something stupid because mm. they all of a sudden the 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 interview per, the whatever it is the interview suit or whatever you mm. want to put mask comes off because they're speaking to the team like well he's not going to make the decision and it's one of the best things we've ever done yeah fair so who's been heading up us then has yeah. has all right let's i think it's definitely let, let's sort of wrap this up here on your journey yeah, yeah, yeah. and we'll talk about what you guys are excited about but it's definitely been a real trend I've found over the last like year, yeah, two yeah. years. Yeah. A lot of UK recruitment companies that I know and speak to have yeah committed to just doing the US or start to build out in the US. So I guess so for I wrote down that you've been doing it from June. Yeah. This year. Yeah. We've gone kind of full time with it now. I've neglected it in terms of I passed over my UK patch to one of the guys. Mm. Thought, right, let's do this. And then we needed to be back on UK. So I've been flicking in and out, but we're, we're on it now. I, it's been a culture shock. What's been the main differences that you picked up on? So what shocked me a little bit is like the Americans, like loyalty to their employer. Like mm. everybody's open to work. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> wants me to agree, which is good for me. No one's ever had a bad interview. They're unbelievably polite. So then you can't really gauge, like, oh, has, it, has it gone not. well? Do you like this? Do right. you not? So that's a bit of the culture shock because everything's super positive all the time. <laughs> mm. I'm like, yeah, but is there anything that you would want to be different? No, it's amazing. It's all good. And then don't hear from them again. So there obviously was something that I, <laughs> like that was wrong. Yeah, that that's the main one. They, from a client perspective, I'm finding that it's almost like a lot of companies don't really understand what we do. So it's like, what? So I'm paying you to post a job advert and you're going to, told me the people I was like no, no 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 I've got a network of people that I can find and reduce the time and all this and once you explain it to them they love it 
Mm. But it's just been the cultural difference. I think some people are just sometimes just speak to me because they've heard an English voice. Really? And they're like, oh, I'll sit on the phone for 20 minutes. Yeah, I'll sit on the phone for 20 minutes with this guy. And I, I'm off the phone telling me, like, we're 20% exclusive, buzzing, get the terms out. Never heard from the guy again. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely heard this from other people. Yeah. They also they say, sell, don't they? They like, they're, they're unbelievable. Like, they're great at selling themselves as well. Because we do engineering in the US, the same markets we do in the UK, they sell themselves like hard to you. Mm. Like it, that, I think, is when I've helped you on a couple of jobs by identifying like their key skills and then and then their like key achievements under those skills is impossible to at, at times because they will tell you everything you want to hear. Mm. Whereas with, in England, it's a or not in England, should I say, but in in the UK recruitment market and engineering, it's a lot easier to weed the ones out that are telling you complete rubbish to the mm. ones that aren't. Yeah, yeah. How quickly did it take you to like? sign terms of a client or like what was the what was the strategy what was the approach did you focus on a particular state or yeah so we we focused on texas like so austin san antonio and houston, houston are kind of in like a almost mm. like a triangle it's like 300 mile triangle or something so we tried there first got a few bites in terms of terms out the door that's another thing that i, I noticed they'll agree terms of you all day whereas someone in the uk or europe or Asia wouldn't, if they didn't need it, mm. they wouldn't. These are guys who'll agree terms all day, but there's nothing, there's not a lot, always some like follow-up. Mm. So yeah, so we started with Austin. Obviously, it's one of the fastest growing cities in the world, isn't it? Obviously got Tesla, SpaceX, all that. Mm. Everyone seems to want to get out of there, which I know is not good for you, you know, it upsets you that, doesn't it? It does, but, yeah. Yeah, so we, we wanted to do a lot of renewables. So again, another new market within talk. I thought we need recession-proof mm industries in case because i know there's there's all the news about yeah it's on its ass and it? everything's mm. on its ass but we've not really been affected yet but we're always just conscious now because of, of covid mm. so we wanted recession proof um market so we've gone we've gone for renewables it's been a slow burner and then we've hopped on our bread and butter of manufacturing as well so we've got we've got some bits on i actually got an exclusive design engineer the other day so I've got I need to work that when I get back <laughs> <laughs> so have you done a deal yet or not no not yet yeah. not yet how long are you going to give it because I think sometimes people are like how long to, should I give it to be honest and if I'm being completely honest with myself we say yeah, talk consulting US started in June properly working it this month on first it. November yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was, like, it was, it was yeah. last two weeks like yeah. I've actually like worked the jobs <laughs> like, yeah. so we'll do a placement this month we'll get it done this month the average fee over there is kind of much higher yeah north well, what are we saying because I think that's good insight for people so what average deal size in the UK for you guys in manufacturing is what white colour engineering you're going to be anywhere from 6 to 9,000 and what are we saying in the US US it's $20,000 to $40,000 right, okay, yeah. that's mad isn't yeah. it that, but what that keeps you like a dollar to a pound print and, and the exchange rate them in like that's what I'm saying to but Harry I might do the Harry, deals on, I would say to um if anyone like is starting a recruitment company and is going to jump onto the US, their notice periods are two weeks, two weeks one yeah. week and two weeks. So people move quick. Mm. So it's it's a short sales cycle for a lot of gain, mm. but just be prepared if it goes the other way for you. Yeah, you've just got to be resilient and move on with it, sort of thing. Because mm. <laughs> I think you put your head in a pillow for a little bit for a twenty five k drop. Yeah, out, I've, 
I've spoken to a lot of people about this, and I think sometimes there's this perception online that the people share that, like, oh, people making up, like, the US market is easy. No. Like, my view on that is, like, everything you just said there, it's just, there's still challenges, it's hard, but the rewards just higher. Yeah. That, and that's the, the, that's as simple as it. Like, no one's saying it's easier. Mm. It is challenging, there's nuances, 100%. it's hard, but actually the, the reward is, is just higher, but... It's super saturated. The US, the US market is super saturated. What, the US or UK? The US. You think the UK is saturated? The US market with, just, with recruiters <laughs> is saturated. Every, everyone you speak to, you're like, oh, I'm speaking to X, Y, Z. I don't think, they're in London, they're in Manchester. Oh, I've, like, I've heard the opposite. Really? Oh, no. Um, I, I mean, yeah. Or maybe, I don't know. It might be just because of how big the US is yeah, yeah. But compared to... When you, look at, when you look at the map of the US, you've got, obviously, your East Coast with New York mm. and um, things like that, and that's a lot of construction. Yeah. Every there, Florida, there's a lot of construction. Then there's Texas. This sort of middle bit, obviously there's Chicago, which is um, automotive, mm. uh, Detroit, sorry, it's um, automotive and stuff, isn't it? And then, then there's a big desert, and mm. then then it's like California and that. Mm. So it's massive, but some of the states are pretty quiet. Like There's not much industry in a lot right, of the yeah. states, but it, it's very concentrated. Yeah. But if you're t- if you're in tech, if you're a tech recruiter, then America's just going yeah. off. I would have thought. So let's wrap this up, then, boys. Yep. Henry, what are we excited about, mate? Because I feel like you guys have been real honest today, been on a real journey. But I feel like, yeah, we definitely feel really excited for the future. What are we excited about? I'm just excited to like continue learning. For me, I think it's been the best thing that I've ever done. Set mm. a business up, and I would never tell anyone not to do it. It's been unbelievable. But in terms of what we're really excited about for the future, I'm excited for the development of the US. One of the guys in the team already wants to transition into the US, so we're gonna we're gonna let him do that with Harry. Really excited to see how that comes. Obviously, from a, a growth perspective, we've got big plans for 2023 in terms of what we want to achieve. And yeah, it's just that it's that like ruthlessness now and and focus and drive to make it happen, mm. which I'm I'm you know, laser focused on and. Yeah. This time next year excites me a lot in terms of where the company can be and, and where everyone will be. Yeah. How are you excited about, mate? Breaking that million pounds. You Feels can... like a big one, doesn't it? That yeah, one million pounds. That yeah. sounds good, doesn't it? Down yeah. With the, with the, the family and friends. Yeah. Because we've, yeah. we've done that, haven't we? We were like, oh, we'll have our first like 10K month and then we'll have our first 50K yeah, month. And then we'll, you know, and you yeah, have yeah. these little yeah. like revenue yeah. things. But that, yeah, seven figure business. Yeah, we've got some sounds brand, good on the we've got some brand in the decanter waiting for that. Yeah. Doing that and the team. The team, mate, the team we've got right now, mm. I really, really love them all. Like, it's like, I can actually see them all being top billers. Mm. Like, for example, one of the lads, Ryan, he's just steadily just going like that and, mm. that, and that. Georgia, on this uh, meeting the other day, this is a girl who, the first day she chucked her headset off because she's so scared of when someone answered the phone. Mm. She booked a meeting with a multi-million pound mm. company and like, and the, and the others are just all rockets as well. So, I can just see them all being like being a bit of a lion pit by this time this time next year and then it's the standard for everyone then yeah I love that yeah so it's going to be a good one Harry Henry it's been a pleasure thank you for having us cheers thank you take care well done on making it to the very end of the episode I hope you enjoyed it done my very best to try and level up this podcast that will hopefully mean that you can take even more learnings from these conversations and apply it to your own recruitment career like always if there are any particular topics that you would love me to cover with future guests then please get in touch with me the best place to reach me is on LinkedIn send me a message what would you love me to cover with future guests if you have enjoyed the podcast 
podcast, then it would be amazing if you could leave a honest review in your favorite podcast streaming platform. That will simply mean that we're able to reach more people with this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget to subscribe completely free on your favorite podcast streaming platforms. And we'll be back next week with a new episode of the Recruitment Mentors Podcast.